0: Welcome to the third episode of MK Sports Around the World podcast. This is Matt Kretzi. It's been a while since uh, my last podcast. I've been busy this past month trying to finalize contracts for my players who want to play in Europe this fall. Um, it's been tough. There's a lot of uncertainty with the coronavirus. Um, the pandemic is, is still raging through the USA. and most European countries have things under control, but uh, I have seen some recent spikes there too. So fingers crossed that uh, my seven or so clients uh, with contracts can fly over there next month. Uh, Wear your masks, people. If you want sports to happen here in the USA and around the world, you need to uh, take this seriously. So that's my PSA for my listeners. My guest for episode number three needs no introduction in women's basketball circles. Everyone knows Debbie Black. If you don't, I've worked with Debbie the past 10 or so years Since she's been coaching, but as a player, Debbie was a force, especially on the defensive end. You don't believe me? Go to YouTube and search Debbie Black and defense or hustle plays. She's phenomenal, so enjoy it. At only 5'2, maybe 5'3 with shoes, she was the shortest player in the WNBA. In the old ABL, she was the first female player to record a quadruple double as a professional. That's 10 rebounds for somebody only 5'2. 10 steals, 10 assists, 10 points, and she did it. She played for numerous teams in the ABL and WNBA, including the Colorado Explosion, the Utah Stars, the Miami Soul, and the Connecticut Sun. And she had a number of years uh, playing overseas in Australia and Italy, I believe. When her playing career ended at nearly 40 years old, she went into coaching. Debbie has coached uh, under Jim Foster at Vanderbilt and Ohio State, And then she took a head coaching job at Eastern Illinois. And after Eastern Illinois, she ended up back under Jim Foster at University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, where she currently is the associate head coach. Debbie is full of energy and enthusiasm and is one of the most competitive people I have ever met. I wanted to find out how Debbie got so competitive. Why are some people like that? Are they born that way? Does it come from the environment they're raised in? With small kids of my own, I want to find out the answer. I hope you enjoy my candid interview with one of my favorite people, Debbie Black. Okay, Debbie, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you, Matt?
0: Good. I was just thinking, I, I was uh, traveling through Pennsylvania a year ago this week and stopped in at your basketball camp with you and your sister, and I I guess you're not doing that this summer.
1: Yeah, no, unfortunately, uh, with everything going on with the coronavirus, um, we're unable to do that, but uh, my sister's still keeping it alive with uh, small groups of kids and uh, still trying to, you know, our our passion is making kids get better at something they might love, and they might love basketball or they might not.
0: So where are you now?
1: I'm in uh, uh, Tennessee, Chattanooga, I've, uh, I'm, I'm assistant coach at University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. And, uh, you know, we've had a, an interesting four or five months, but I'm back on the court the last four weeks and, and having fun having our players back on the court.
0: Well, good. So I, I introduced you and, and gave all your, your accolades and where you've played and your stats and things like that. But I just uh, wanted to kind of take it back to where it all started. Um, did you grow up in, in Bucks County, PA?
1: Uh, well, I actually was uh, born in um, New Ulm, Minnesota. Uh, oh, yes. I'm, the young, I'm the youngest of four. Uh, but when I was uh, a year and a half, we moved from Minnesota to Philadelphia. I'm the okay. youngest of four. So my brother, my oldest brother was six. So, so but, I, but like, did I grow up? Absolutely. And in, in, in Bucks County, Philadelphia is where I grew up.
0: And you have two brothers and a sister? Correct. And tell me about your parents.
1: My dad, um, my dad was a stud. <laughs> he played four sports in high school. He went on to play Division three football. His father was a surgeon who delivered all of us kids in Minnesota. Doctor Black delivered all four of us. I think wow. that's it. Yeah, that doesn't normally happen anymore but he delivered all four of us. And my mother was very fortunate because we were, it was cesarean, So she didn't have to go. I think I always, we tease about this. But her her father-in-law. Had, her father-in-law delivered, but he had a cutter instead of delivering the normal way. I
0: guess,
1: yeah, but yeah. we all four got delivered Caesarian cause, uh, it just didn't, couldn't work the other way. And, uh, she was a homecoming queen and a cheerleader and my father was like a football star and a baseball star and a golf star and a base you know everything my dad played and then that's kind of their story which is awesome because they've been married for 61 years now and uh, they were
0: they both grew up in Minnesota
1: yeah in Minnesota yeah in New Alma. Uh, I guess at 20 25 they left for Philadelphia when I was born pretty much so they so they grew up in Minnesota, but really we lived most of our life in Philadelphia.
0: So what took them to Philadelphia?
1: My father is a businessman. He's a salesman, still is by the way at 81, still wow. is working, and yeah, because he's, a, he's a, I'm very much like him, he's never gonna stop. And uh, he he's still working in the fri- the refrigeration business. So it brought them to Philadelphia. And my dad also wanted something more for us as kids, Get out of a small town and get a chance to do more than maybe in a small town in um, Minnesota, where pretty much you, you you get married at 18 and you have kids. And I think he wanted more for us, so that was that was why Dad made that decision.
0: Okay, so I take it sports were always a big part of your family's life.
1: It definitely, my my father, my poor mother. Like I said, she was kind of roped into it, but she's uh she's loved it. Yeah, sports has been. a a, a pivotal part of what we do and it's not even just sports it's um it's probably competitiveness like my brother my one brother mike always says dad made everything fun he made everything competitive so we could be playing a monopoly or we could be playing horseshoes he always made it like there's a winner and a loser he always made it competitive and i i never thought that was not the norm like I thought, that's what you do—you make things competitive.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, did like, did he ever he, let? Did he ever let yep. the kid? Did he ever let the kids win, or was he always trying to win as well?
1: Never. He never let us win until we earned to win. I'll never forget that he said that. Even when I played a one-on-one in basketball, Dad would say, "I'm not letting you win until you're good enough." And I learned a lot from that. And all my brothers and sisters never let me win. I think that's what made me the competitor that I am. It was because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't just get to do it because I felt sorry for you. No, nope, I never won, and even games like games, like games, like I said, the board games. We're big on board games, big on cards. No, we didn't win until we deserved or earned to win. Dad said you have to earn to win. You just don't get it. Yeah. And and um and you know the day that I did beat him in a number of things, I still go home very uh, a lot, and we play a lot of game, card games. I've beaten him a lot more than I have when I was younger, <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun because I know I won because I was good enough, not because he was making it easy.
0: Who's your, who's your oldest sibling? Your, your uh, Bill. Bro- Bill? Bill? Okay.
1: Bill? Yeah. Bill's what? my oldest brother, who's um really the, um the pillar of our family. I'd say he's the, uh, he's the headstone. He's the one that got it all going at seven he would watch us he would watch us mom and dad would go somewhere he would be able to like take care of the four three of us and bill played four sports also got a scholarship in football and he's uh he's just steady as they come if you need help he's there if you need you need advice he's there is he hard on us yes but or was he as as a kid growing up he wanted me to be good but he was um, he was sort of my father-like brother. Yeah, um, how, how much uh, older? Uh, he's six years older. We're six years okay. apart. Okay. Uh, yeah, from from yeah. But he's uh, he's awesome. He'll be sixty this year.
0: <laughs> but he was he was one that that was kind of mentoring and helping and, and more of a father than a brother, older brother.
1: Yeah, you know what? He really was. Dad was away a lot. Dad was on business trips. Dad was gone four or five times a week, honestly, on road trips as a business. But Bill was, Bill was, really was the mentor. For me, particularly, um, I just feel like, you know, without, with the, we just had a good dynamic in a family, I think. But Bill, Bill took that, that role on very soon, like very early as the oldest child. I think you have the quadrums of like the oldest, the middle the youngest. And I think Bill took the oldest child as I'm responsible for my kid, my, my, you know, my siblings. So sure. Bill was, and Bill still does that to this day. I mean, I call him up. I feel like he's my, you know, somebody I can like talk.
0: Yeah. Some people just have the personality for it. And who, yeah. who was, who was second, second uh, my, oldest? Mike
1: was the middle child. Mike was definitely the middle. My, my brother Michael was the middle child and um, he went through the Ralph patch because Bill and Mike are only Gosh, they're not, they're not even a year and three months apart. Oh, no, they're a year and three days apart, actually. Um, okay. So, so, and I think Mike, Mike kind of was in Bill's shadow, and that's a hard one to be in somebody's shadow. Tell you the truth, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so that close—that close more in of rebel. <laughs> But he's more of a rebel. He kind of like Bill was kind of—I hate to say the word—but perfect, did everything right. Where Mike probably kind of um, bucked the system, made really, I think, really challenged my parents um, uh, as as the second child. Sure. Who, yeah when you got the kind of the perfect one first you're going like how am i going to beat that and i think and me and him are the closest as far i mean we're all close but we're really close as um, as siblings go okay. you know
0: did mike play sports in high school as well
1: yeah he played um he played basketball Well, he played up until up until high school but happened the mike was uh, here's his story he he was an awesome grade school kid i mean he was great at football great at basketball he didn't grow he was five foot three he didn't get to five foot eleven until he was a senior so he struggled in sports and it was it was sort of i mean i only know it's sad because you know that's what happens to boys they don't grow mm-hmm. um, so and he was he, Bill was Bill Bill grew Bill was great Bill was this and Mike went to the Catholic Bill went to the Catholic school Mike went to the public school cuz he didn't want to be in, the, in in the same school as Bill so okay. it's, it's 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 a sibling rivalry but the point is it was it was it was tough it was tough for Mike cuz he did define himself a little bit as sports so then he just didn't try out for anything so Mike just went to school, and it wasn't a good thing for him, if that makes sense. Like, if sure. you're obviously, you have kids, and it was just, it was a hard thing for him, and I think it was, um, and I don't know more than that about that. That's about what I know, honestly, Matt. That's yeah. all I know My Brother Mike, but but he, he it took him a while to get around that.
0: How, how tall did Bill end up being?
1: They're both about 5'10", 5'11", oh. 5'10". Yeah, but Bill was like 5'8", going into high school, and Mike was five. So okay. they're not giant size. They're all, but let me tell you, Bill's legs are the size of both of my legs, like your leg, two two yeah. of your leg. yeah. But he was about, legs. Yeah. Uh, what are, about
0: are your parents on the shorter yeah. side?
1: Yeah, Dad's five. Dad's five nine. Mom's five two, maybe. Okay. So we have no height.
0: Okay. And then <laughs> your, five so, five.
1: <laughs> so your sister
0: is third. Yes. T- tell me about your sister growing up.
1: Um, okay, once again, middle child, the, the other middle child. Um, she was once again she was more like bill perfect i mean grades a's and everything she played she was captain of every sport almost the time she was a sophomore sometimes she was a senior in high school and college by the way she was the first one to get 12 letters in college it took me a year of uh, four and a half years but uh she got 12 letters meaning she lettered in basketball softball field hockey she got a scholarship in field hockey um she is every captain and every person you would ever want to be. Your leader, Barb's just been instrumental in pretty much everything in our family and everything she's done. And I know I have a quote, and it's really cute. Well, not so cute when I was in high school, but the late, the, the teacher said, "If you if you can ever be half as good as your sh- sister, you'll you'll succeed." Wow! <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, oh, I didn't even know what it meant at the time. But so you Barb, you had the
0: same problem that Mike had.
1: Correct. See, you got yeah, exactly. Good job, Matt. Yeah, yeah. exactly it's like I had, uh, I it's a, a redo to Live up to that never had pressure to live up to that you know but you played the yeah. same
0: sports right
1: well the thing is with me and barb though mike went, mike and mike and bill went to two different high schools me and barb went to the same high schools so me and barb played we had i never had more fun than to play with warren we played every sport for two years together and it was and she was amazing all I had to do was play match. She was, she, she's a thinker. She's a leader. I just had to go out there and run around and do what I do. And she yelled at me, and I listened to her. And when I, I was lost a little bit when I was a junior because she was gone, but she and then then we proceeded to go and play in college together. So we,
0: at Saint Joseph's, you were both there, yeah.
1: Yeah, and same sports. She got a field hockey scholarship, and I got a basketball scholarship. And then we played field hockey, softball, and basketball together. Wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh. it's kind of it's it's a very unusual story. Yeah. It
0: is. How was it playing three sports in college? Do you find it Easy. difficult?
1: No. You know what? I, I here here's my story. If anyone wants to hear it, but freshman year coach Foster who's a legendary coach at University of Tennessee and, and, and Chattanooga and Ohio State. But anyway, he wouldn't let me play the first year of field hockey. Uh, my, my grades were terrible, by the way. They were like, I wasn't even a 2.0. okay, I'll give you an idea because I didn't know what to do with myself.
0: Was that his reason? He kept you. No, his
1: reason was uh, originally was to see if I could just focus on school a little bit more. Okay. And they didn't realize that I was the type of person who needed I needed structure. I needed classroom. I needed um, uh, we're gonna go play a game. We're going I needed something to do. I'd go to a class there's only like one or two classes a day I had nothing else to do so I wasn't exactly studying so I was probably getting in trouble if that's probably what I want to say and then and he was like oh no she needs so I needed I needed like more management of my time and some people need that and I wasn't sitting at home I was just running around doing nothing like you know it wasn't like I was sitting watching tv but it was more like I wasn't I I needed like I needed to go to And so then I uh, then after my freshman year, my first year of not playing field hockey, he said, "Oh yeah, you're playing basketball, softball, and then you're going to start and play field hockey, basketball, and softball."
0: (laughs) Nice. So how how was?
1: And I played with Barb, so I was really lucky.
0: Yeah, tell me about playing with Barb in college. Was was that Um, fun? Difficult or
1: never? Never was. Was never. It was. You know what? When you when you believe in the person that's leading you, which was her in high school and in college I never it was never hard you know it was so much fun because we knew each other I don't even remember a bad day we had like and then she wound up being the head field hockey coach when I was a senior I had one more year left so then I played for her as a coach she coached the team at St. Joe's and I played for her the, my last year and um, in, in field hockey it it never felt like there there, there was no there's no sibling rivalry like so to speak. I mean, n- neither one of us were jealous of each other. And it was, it was awesome, actually. I can't tell you that that's an awesome experience. I, I'll never forget. So. Oh,
0: That's that's great. <laughs> that and you, great. what position did she play in basketball?
1: And, um, that, oh, she was a shooting guard. Unfortunately, she was a little small, but she's about five, 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 six. She's a shooting guard before the three-point line. See, we didn't have the three-point line then because she could shoot that kind of distance. She was, I mean, I couldn't shoot, and so she played the, the, the small, I always played because I played with her. I was always the point guard. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. she had to play the two guard because she probably would have been a point guard. She couldn't handle the ball as well because she didn't have to because I always did. So unfortunately, she was a, she, wasn't, she was a really good basketball player, but she wasn't really positionally in the right situation for me or for us, I think. I mean, she could shoot, but she wasn't. She just wasn't quite right for that position.
0: So tell me about playing for Coach Jim Foster early in his career. I mean, he's a <laughs> Hall of Famer now, and he's had a you know a brilliant career on the basketball court. But what was it like? I guess in the mid 1980s, he was still yeah. proving proving himself.
1: Yeah, you know, it was. Um, I loved it actually. Uh, me and him from day one. I don't have any idea why. We're very, very not much alike. He's very philosophical. I'm chatty. He's very quiet. I'm loud. I'm not sure what what why we connected. I think we connected as far as understanding what we both wanted. We wanted to win, and how to win, and how do we do it to win. And Coach Foster really taught me, like, we want to win, right? How how are you going to make your players around you win? He taught me how to make them better, how to make myself better, how to make them better. More importantly, it wasn't about me. And um, I don't know. It, um, he was he was pretty um, pretty interesting for me because i have a father that's very um loud and very uh talks a lot i guess and coach foster was very quiet and he could go into his office and he wouldn't say a word and i think that just the way he would his psyche with helping you become as good as you could be whether it be in basketball or in life was intriguing to me now now it's as like as, as i'm grown but it was always like golly can you say something because i'm used to talk yeah, And he was nothing.
0: <laughs> well Did he have a good relationship with Barb too?
1: Yeah, you know what? I mean, they Barb, Barb walked on. So Barb walked on, on basketball. And I think Barb and him, well, I don't know if I can say this, but they clashed a little bit. Barb's way more outspoken than me, if that makes – outspoken in a different way. She's headstrong. I'm yeah. probably a little bit more – gonna go with the with the with the flock. And I think they clashed a bit. I, I don't know that for sure, Matt, but that's the honest truth. And I'm like, so he did and you know what, I'll, I'll give Barb, I give my sister kudos because she stayed, she stayed the whole four years as a walk-on, didn't play a lot, but she um, she was an integral part to our, to, particularly for our practice, like when we had to go against her, so I don't think, I wouldn't say they had a, um, a stellar relationship, not like me for some reason, I don't know why, yeah. uh, not because I was better or good or whatever, I just think I, I didn't clash, I don't clash.
0: What Was he hard on on you guys as players?
1: Yeah, he was very, very difficult on us. Um, and I'll tell you why, because and in fact, I remember one practice, real quick example, he'd always make us run against each other. And whoever lost had to run again. And then it was like the fifth time we had to keep running against each other. And the senior player said, Come on, they're sisters, stop. Like, like give them a break. Yeah. And uh, it was constant. And and at that point in our life, we had enough civil rivalry. rivalry. Like, we, we were done. Like, we didn't really, I didn't. First of all, I didn't want to beat Barb. I really did at that point. I I wasn't I wasn't trying to prove. It wasn't fun. Like it wasn't. And I know she and she and Barb Barb actually said something, and he kicked her out of the gym. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's, that too. sums went, it all up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Barb, said, Are you. <laughs> he, and he kicked her out of the gym. Like at yeah. the uh, and I thought this, I I didn't that that sums what I'm saying up. And and Barb didn't. Barb didn't, Barb didn't, you know, she didn't step back. I did. I was like, but I couldn't stand it. Like, so that was just, that was the only, like, once we got to college, I wasn't, we had rivalry as kids growing up the four of us but once we all got to that level it wasn't anymore like I'm trying to beat you or prove I'm better than you wasn't really you had
0: a common you had a common goal of being a good team right
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah I mean that that's what helps with team sports I mean now you your opponent is the is the rival is the
1: enemy but I'll tell you our practices Matt were the best things I've I in college particularly I remember I don't know if this is true for pros but yeah in college I, I always said I'd rather play against a to somebody else in our than our practice squad like our, our, our you know our second team because they're so much harder and I, I don't find that today like we're trying to get that instill that in these kids like it would be really nice to see them play as like I want to be so hard at practice that when they go into a game they're like this is a joke yeah. that's and that's how I felt I felt that particularly my freshman year I could and I was on the second team because I didn't start and I me and my sister were on the same team and we we were like a nightmare because we knew each other so we had fun we, we we had fun, but we also we knew when I mean, we, we were second stringers. We're, I'm coming in off the bench, and but we were giving them all kinds of fits. And Coach Blasto used to get so pissed off when we'd win because <laughs> we weren't supposed to win.
0: <laughs> sure, yeah.
1: So, but you know, but that's that's just that's that's competitive drive. Like I don't know. Like I said, I think it's just instilled in you when you're when you're. I think in your how you grow, how you grow up. I mean, I have two brothers who are you know they were tough. They were tough. And my dad. They were, everyone was tough. There was no winning. Winning wasn't just like easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I won my whole life. <laughs> yeah, I was
0: going to say, did you win in your twenties or something? Finally, I don't
1: even know. I met, I beat my dad when I was like sixteen for the first time, um, and he was old. Well, he wasn't that old, but I beat him, and he he said, "You're not going to beat me unless you're beat." And I beat him, and I was like, mm. oh, I was so excited. <laughs> would he Would he
0: still play against you, or did he give it up?
1: Oh no, no, he was still playing. Okay, so playing that's good. Him right yeah yeah uh, you hear uh, stories yeah. oh, about no.
0: when the kid beats the parent the parent quits and never plays again but you know, oh no no you dad, know, dad would good. still
1: play oh dad I would still no dad dad was too competitive he's he's still he's still playing golf he's still working he's still ridiculous. he's 81 wow. like
0: who does that <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy yeah so how good was your college team did you have success
1: yeah, well, um, when well, we were um, in my first year at, at St. Joe's, um, there was only, I don't know if you know this, but there was only 48 teams that maybe or 32, I can't even remember, 32, so NCA, we made, we won, we are 25-4, and four, and uh, we won the big Atlantic 10, at that time Rutgers and Penn State was in as well, so uh, uh, the Rockers and Penn State both made the tournament with us, West Virginia. It was a very good it was a very good conference, Temple. But anyway, we went to the we went to the Sweet Sixteen and lost to NC State at NC State. But remember you, like I were said Were you
0: starting there? Point yeah, guard? No, yeah. no,
1: no, 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 no. This is my freshman year. I came off the bench. Now, I played thirty minutes a game. I okay. but my my role was at about the sixteen minute mark. We were playing, I think I'm right, we were playing quarter, uh, halves. And about the 16, 15, 14 mark, somewhere around there, he'd throw me in. I run to the bench, and I get so excited. I loved my role. So I came – there was a senior point guard, and Jesse was good, and I just came in. And, and it was like everybody knew, like, they're like waiting for me to kind of come in. He let me do whatever I wanted to do, Matt. I was like, hell on wheels. Like, I like, I didn't have any kind of – discipline and I just kind of ran around but it, it was very successful but we we lost to NC State by three I fouled out it was my fault but I fouled out I mean things you don't forget I fouled yeah. out um, with a, a minute to go and uh, and we lost by three um, but that was that was the furthest we went. But we every year we went to the NCA tournament. We had 22, 23 w- wins every year, um, and always went to the NCAA tournament. We got past the first two round, but the second two rounds. Because remember, then it went to like forty eight, and then it went to like something something. But anyway, we we got the furthest we went was a Sweet Sixteen, really, um, at St. Joe's, which is a school of twenty five hundred. So yeah, I'm not saying good. that, it, it, but it was small. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: But but like you know like you know we're trying to get to the NCAA tournament in, in our twelve thousand school at, you know here at UTC but um, I don't I thought everybody went to the NCAA tournament like I didn't know there's three hundred and sixty four teams in the, in the Division one I. I didn't know that what do I yeah. know I yeah. was a kid was just, I was like that's what Coach Foster liked about me he said you're so naive you know nothing I said, yeah. well they're top, they're they're ranked in the top twenty I'm like huh I didn't even know what that meant I was I was a freshman I'm like mm? what does that mean. I mean, whoever I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. And so, that naive, that, that the naive is really good. And these kids, they know everything more than I know. They, they watch it on, you know, YouTube.
0: Yeah, they, they just Google it. Them. Yeah, they Google it. And
1: they're like, oh, well, I'm like, well, what are you scared of? I wasn't scared. Well, first of all, I wasn't scared of anything. But I'm going, I don't care what they're winning. They got to play us. Like, oh. Uh. And I think that's the difference between now and, and then. So, but yeah, every year, like four years straight, we went to the NCAA tournament. Um, had... Twenty plus wins every year. I, I won the Big Ten, Atlantic Ten, Big Five. Like we were, we were good. We were good under Coach Foster. He was good. He got blue collar workers, people that didn't care about getting their hair messed up or their nails done. Um,
0: who else was I, on the coaching staff when you were there?
1: You know what? That's funny. That's a good question. Nobody, no one I know. No, no I, nobody
0: who went to become head coach somewhere no no nope, no
1: nope. oh well I lied Gino was my freshman year and that's it
0: <laughs> okay yeah he turned out okay I <laughs> <laughs> what was and, um, what was his job your freshman year was he in charge of guards or what was his yeah, oh. I
1: said, I said, you know he went to his post he did the post Because remember, it was like, it was really weird because Coach Foster was only making like $12,000. So Jita was just sort of like, I didn't even know if he's an assistant coach. I don't even know what he was, but he was down with the the post and it wasn't like he was full-time and I wasn't sure how all that worked out. Does that make sense? I was like, yeah. No. And uh, so I don't really, but he did definitely, he didn't work with the guards. He worked with, the, and, and Gino, no no, no offense to him, I and mean, you probably will say this, but he never played. Coach Foster didn't either. They never played. They both got cut. They both went to the same Catholic high school in Philadelphia.
0: Okay. <laughs> and they got, they got cut in high school?
1: They didn't make it. They didn't, no. Coach Foster became a manager. And <laughs> well,
0: I don't they, know if they, you
1: want to put that in print. They but,
0: knew the game. I mean, they, I yeah, guess well, they were they more Students I
1: mean, of the game. Coach Foster became a manager, and well, look at it, they got really good coaches. Neither one of them played. I mean, they weren't good enough to play. It doesn't mean I'm saying great players don't make great coaches. It's just they both didn't play. Um, and then, no, I didn't have like Muff McGraw, like she was uh, M- Muff at Notre Dame. She, she, was, she was there. She was the one that always called me and said, "You're breaking all my records because I broke most of her records at St. Joe's." That's- okay,
0: so she was she played before you there. Okay. Yes,
1: she played before me. But other than I tell you, it's sad to say, but I don't have any coaches that could say that were like, and I probably wouldn't even say Gino if he didn't go on to be some legend, you know. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you think <laughs> it had, had really-
0: to do had to do more with? leadership abilities versus I mean obviously their basketball skills weren't out of this world so maybe it was more leadership and running a program and how to get how to get people to buy in and play together
1: yeah I think I think absolutely Matt I think you're absolutely right because it's the way they got into your psyche both of them are really good at it like to get into your mind I and I I, that that's so beyond what I think like I think that's what that's what made them what made them and still makes them so great um because obviously Gino's still coaching. It's yeah. it's something that, and you know, yeah, because it's it it is it is hard because I feel like I know what I'm doing because I played. But they, they have you ever had the ball in your hands with five ten seconds to go? One well, Coach Foster and Gino never had the ball in their hands with ten seconds to go. No. Like what are, you don't know what it feels like, but they do in in a different kind of way. So I and mean, co- I, and Coach Foster
0: was a is a combat veteran of Vietnam, so I'm sure that yeah. that helps Two with yeah, his abilities yep. and his leadership.
1: Yeah, no, of course. So that, uh, yeah, that's exactly right, which makes it so different. So yeah, but um, hmm. yeah, that's that's, that's right. I really, that's really lucky. I had some really cool people.
0: <laughs> so what happened when you were finished up with college? Did you did you plan on going to play professionally, or, or what was the what what did you think you were going to do?
1: I had an offer to work for a pharmaceutical company, pharmaceutical sales with uh, Wyatt A. Wyatt. An AF, I believe, is how you say that, and it was right there on City Line Avenue, which is in which is in the Philadelphia area, and I was offered the job. Actually, the guy was really impressed because I had played so many sports and they thought you know athletes would make great pharmaceutical sales reps which it's is still true. the case yeah yeah it's still the case and I uh, and the next day I got offered to a contract to go over oh uh, uh, not a contract quite but I got offered I got a call from coach Boster because Tasmania in Australia called him and to say we would like you to represent like come over and try out for us we'll kind of like play for us professionally yep. Um, but they thought I was 6 three and uh and, and coach I, foster that's let a them funny know. story
0: so Tell me why? Why they thought that?
1: Well, there uh, there's a magazine called Street and Smith. Um, it used to go out. You know, you get it in the grocery store, and uh, it listed me at six three point guard. My my numbers were like not even ten points a game, but like seven assists, and you know the biggest number I had was almost five steals a game. Um, and that and, and then I almost had a five rebounds a game. So it was a, yeah. a, 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 That's pretty good so for six three for six three. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. And, think and you're and you're
0: really five three.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. It was. It was. A misprint It was the best misprint in my life probably because um it gave them an opportunity they called me when they called coach foster and and i just said send me a ticket i'm not exactly as tall as you think i'm a little bit shorter <laughs> <laughs> And when I did that, I didn't get a contract, by the way. I got a contract. I, I said, I'm 5'3", and the phone was silent. I was like, okay. I said, listen, just send me a ticket. I'd love to see Australia anyway. And they sent me a ticket, basically. I went over there, and I tried out. And I stayed there for almost, well, I say eight to nine years, depending on when When um, 1996 is when the ADL opened up. So. Okay. Uh, but we won a couple championships, and it was amazing, amazing um, experience. But uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was, you know, it's sort of proving yourself in this life like we have to do it all times these these kids are going to graduate from college and and then you got to figure out what next and you have to just you know um I don't know grind down and figure it out and I think I think because of my strong background of my family I wasn't going to come home until I was successful or at least I wasn't I could have quit the first week I had no they really didn't give me anything they were waiting for me to see if I was good enough and I was not going to quit so I think I think you know my parents always told me you start something finish it and I think that's Back to the beginning of the story is like uh, that's that's who I am, and then you come home. Yeah.
0: Did you have any reservations about being so far away from home, or were you okay with it?
1: I mean, <laughs> you you're, know, you're big uh, on family. I uh, am. Yeah, let me tell you, my father and I didn't get along very well. I told him I was going to go play in Alaska, and. St. Joe's, I didn't get a lot of offers at Division One, I, So I, I went to a, a school that was close to home. So um, when I, I got the offer to Australia, I, I, me and dad, my dad weren't really still getting along very well. I was like, I'm off. He's like, Do you know where that is? I said, I have no idea. Yeah. I had no idea where Australia was. So he said, Yeah, it's somewhere in Africa. I said, No, that's Tanzania, I think, Dad. <sighs> yep. I said, I. And I said, <laughs> so no, you know what? No, you know, I am, I'm a, I am very big on family. But I think what happened to me was I wanted to get away a little bit. And, um, and then I got closer as I, I was still close, but I was, it was, it was an unbelievable, we didn't have internet and all that stuff that we have now. But I was able to write letters, they all have the letters, I wrote everybody a letter daily, because it was, really? it was therapeutic. And it was fun, but yeah, and I, me and my father actually got grew, grew, grew a lot closer. But it was funny because I was so happy to go to. He said, I thought, I thought Alaska was far. You're going to Tasmania Is
0: 30 so he hours.
1: I'm going to Australia.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's so, funny.
1: Yeah, it's true. So through it's through true letters network. and
0: being away, you think it absolutely actually helped your relationship
1: i think it has you know it's, it's it's the irony of this whole thing is i'm the only one that doesn't live in bucks county pennsylvania right now haven't since i left and i'm what 54 in 30 years 30 some years and
0: everyone else i'm is.
1: i'm the closest to all of them than they are to each other they're close but meaning they're all within an hour of each other and i'm i haven't been that but i'm the one that ties. I know where everybody is. I know what's going on in everybody's life. Um, and they all say like, I'm kind of like, I'm like the lynch pin or whatever you want to call me. But I'm always calling. I'm always talking. I'm always asking. And wow. they, I know like mom and dad went here or Barb's over there. They, they're like, how do you know everything? I said, while I actually pick up the phone and call you and guys. Call
0: everybody. Yep.
1: Yep. And so I, I seem to be like the I don't know. I, I you know, I just enjoy the fact that that's and I, I feel like I, I for the last really 20 years, that's kind of my job. You know, I mean and I ask about the nieces and nephews and my and, and their kids and their grandkids. Like I know everything. Like anybody needs to know anything. How come I live in Tennessee and I know everything? And I think that's, that's cool. because that's your you personality. know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? And I don't I don't have kids. I don't have anything else to do outside side of you have kids you understand i have a dog like big deal like so <laughs> i want to know what's going on with you know yeah, i got i got yeah. nieces and that you know and like but with your kids and when you when they grow up and they get families like i'm so i'm trying to keep track of everybody and i feel like i don't know maybe that was my that's my role outside of what my other role was so.
0: yeah everybody has a role so that's
1: so you think? Yeah. that's
0: good yeah so going back to basketball in tasmania what when you got there was the quality of play halfway decent
1: it was as good as i can tell you i mean
0: as good as college
1: uh, oh better was it really yeah well you had like um well you well the reason i say that is because at that time probably don't know these names but like michelle timms robin Moore, the australian national team or mm-hmm. australian like we had like our usa basketball team was we were second we they were second to them to the us i mean okay. they were that good this and i could like the opals yeah yeah very good O-P-A-L yeah. the Opals yeah, yeah it's named after a jewelry company the Opals and they were those tight things that we were I'm not gonna go into that uniform <laughs> I had to put on but uh, yeah. but yeah the Opals were but they I mean it wasn't it was so much like us except for they had so much fight in them they were so fight. like I thought I was tough like literally if you like like, like broke your arm you just they'd slide you to the side of the floor and then keep playing they weren't gonna wait for anything okay. I was like Okay. Wow. So they, they
0: were physical, strong, and tough. players? Physical, player.
1: strong, and competitive, and good. And they all wound up. So many of them wound up in the WNBA. They were. They. they, they it was unbelievable how many played over here that I played against. You know, and they didn't yeah. really like quote unquote imports. They called us imports. Okay. They didn't like me particularly, and taking, and that was taking okay. somebody's job away. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. They were. They. they kind of had like a like we don't have any jobs over there. I never even thought. I never thought about it wasn't on my resume let's play professional basketball it was just something Mm. something came up I got lucky so for me it was just really just like wow but yeah it was it was it was the next best league to the the, now that and the WNBA we didn't have that but it was the best league in the world I believe I believe we had the best league in the world were there other
0: import Americans in the league or were you one of the minor yeah two
1: two two on each team okay and You could play together like now. Now there's a real weird, weird rule now, Matt. I think you probably know that, but I think you can play, you can have three, but only two can play, or there's some sort of it depends thing. on the
0: league. But yeah, they have rules,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. but now it was two imports. I, I mean, like, I could be if, if I'm imported from Canada, then I'm an import, if I'm imported from Russia, I'm an import. Mm-hmm. So it'd be two imports each, each team, and every team had imports. I mean, they didn't made it, they weren't scared, even though the league was so tough. The league was tough. I thought the league was, I loved it. it was, yeah. Did you, did you
0: know any of the other Americans going in? Did you know anybody?
1: I knew nobody. I didn't even know where it was. I didn't even know I got off the plane and it wasn't even a runway. Like you like got off the plane, you walked down the thing. First time in my life I did that. It wasn't like you walk into the airport. You yeah. walk down the, they like, thro- throw your bag
0: thing? of luggage to you? <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah no
1: seriously but it was beautiful because it's tasmania was beautiful like the mountains is and the water it's just it's beautiful but i still was like where am i you know what i was just i was that's who i was nothing really fazed me and that's i guess that's what made me good i wasn't really scared i guess the word would be
0: so you played there until 96 and then yes a professional league opens up in the States. I think it was the ABL, right? Correct. And then how did that, did you have to try out or did they call you? Yeah, there was,
1: five, yeah, 500, um, 580 people tried out. My brother Bill sent my brother Bill, once again, sent me a fax to Tasmania. I remember as a fax. Said, oh, this league's opening up. You need to try out. And I was still in my season and it was August. It was in Georgia. It was, I um, can't think of the name of the place, but it was in Georgia anyway. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I waited, I waited. I was a little scared uh, then I said why am I not doing this because I was afraid I wouldn't make it so long story short I had to pay $250 to try out and I had a fly to Georgia from Tasmania and miss two games which I've never missed in my life which yeah. I did I thought so anyway I was in the, the ABC group I was in the C group the C group was composed of, of, of the worst players they didn't even know who I was some people were asking me if I was Australian I said do I sound Australian <laughs> anyway, um, and then of that group Group, the first group the C group we started out I wound up doing six days of this tryout only two of us made it to the next round so then you had to go to the B group
0: <laughs> okay
1: and the B group was it they were better and better and then I made it and then then the a group comes in that's like at that point was like Jen Rosati, um, you know uh, a Stale like the top players in the, and I didn't even know who they were just that coming
0: out of college yeah yes yeah, so
1: they were all at the top like uh, and uh, well well actually Cheryl smoops and and uh like Charlotte Smith yeah, they're pretty young. Cheryl, Sheree, Sam, and and I was, you know, one of the ones that made it. Well, of that group of the five hundred and eighty, only eighty people made it, okay. and they were going to get drafted. And so that was sick I was there six days. It was it was uh, for me. I felt like it was fortunate because the first five days I was in great shape anyway. The the, the, the superstars only had to go one day. I think I was in better by that time. I was going like five days. I'm 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 a veteran, but. I'm 29 at the time, and I'm like, um, uh, watch this, so I am, um, so basically, then all 80 of us made it, and then they said they would call us, so I had flew back to Australia, I had to finish my season, and, and I still was working full-time for an electric company, but anyway, flew back there, and then um, they called me, like, eight days later, said, so you're you're drafted, you know, in the third round or something to Colorado, and, you know, can you come out in September, and I was like, yep, quit my job, got done, I was done, I made it, so that was, that was how I got from Australia back to the United states to obviously like live a dream to play in front of your own country your yep. family so
0: and how did that first season in the states go
1: awesome uh the Colorado explosion i i kind of um took them by storm because no one knew, knew mm-hmm. it. they don't really know me until you play me the second year is harder than the first year but the first year i became i was a defensive player of the year um i was a second team all conference only of 10 10 10 players made it so it's kind of cool. We won the uh, Western Conference. We were in the West at that, because Colorado West, the yep. Western Conference Championship. We didn't go, we didn't win it. All. Columbus, quite, Columbus always won it last those two years. That they were so good. But it was awesome. I mean, and I, uh, yeah, I mean, I did everything I did, but more because that first year, when somebody doesn't know me personally, it's like, you can't really scout me until you see me. So it was fun. Um, I loved it. I loved Colorado. I loved the ABL I thought the league was really really good really strong we were strong guard particularly guard like where maybe the WMA at that point they got more of the post players but we were really guard strong so it was awesome it was it was great I would have loved to still lived in Colorado I I love the area
0: is that when you got the nickname the pest was it in that league
1: no you know I got the nickname the pest when I was in college
0: did you okay the pest
1: yeah that's,
0: that's all about defense
1: yep and then Tasmanian devil obviously I got that in Australia
0: yeah so did other players hate you? Yep. I was think there... they
1: respected me, but I think they hated to play against
0: play me. against you. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think a lot of quotes are more like, "I know she's coming every night, so when we play against her, she's not gonna like I'm not. I don't. I don't take a night off. And I think that was the. I love that comment when I think I read that somewhere. where like, she doesn't quit. Like she's not gonna stop. Yeah. And that you could, was... be, you could
0: be down twenty points and still go Correct. after.
1: Correct. I'm still gonna get up and under you, and I'm gonna pick you up full court. And like even in I played in an all star game in the ABL, and we're in. I'm. We're, in harford and they're like why are you picking up full court i was like i don't know how to play i hate all-star games anyway i'm like how do i play And he, I, all i all i know is how to pick up full court because they're like stop picking up. i said no i'm picking up full court did it affect
0: I, I, did it affect relationships at all like off the court where people they still oh yeah. weren't going to talk no, 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 to you or no. didn't like you or
1: well you know what i think more more so I, like i said i think the big thing for me they, they knew who i was like genuinely as a person but i think mm-hmm. um, they respected me. And I, I didn't, and I think they, I think they were annoyed with me, but I think they respected me. And I didn't care if they liked me, man. Yeah. That wasn't yeah. my, wasn't my job. They did yes. want to get to know me outside of the court. I wasn't playing that game. It was too weird a game when you play in this game because. First of all, I can come into practice the next day and there's three lockers around. I, I, I didn't want people to get to know
0: me, me, yeah, me yeah.
1: personally. You know what it's I mean? It's hard because it's
0: always changing.
1: Yeah, it's always changing and I, I don't trust people. I mean, I don't, you know, I think like, even now, even coaching, you know, they want to you know, get to know you. Well, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. A 17-year-old wants to get to know me? What does that yeah. mean? What do you want to know about me? Yeah, exactly. I got a dog. Yeah.
0: Listen to the podcast. I'm not, I'm
1: not playing. Everyone said that about me. What makes you take What Like, it's different what you're talking about, like my competitiveness. Well, I know you as a, you know me. Yeah,
0: I've known you 10 years outside of basketball.
1: Yeah, right. Man, it's just weird though. It's so weird to hear them say that about me. I can't believe I'm hearing this again after 10 years of when I was playing. I mean, I'd get, I was the captain of almost every team I was on and the last couple of years playing. They're like playing particularly. They're like, they really want to get to know you. Why don't you go out with us? Yeah, I, I don't really do that.
0: Like, yeah, <laughs> well, I think it's more old, old school versus the way it is now. I mean, if,
1: yeah, no, I think if right, you look
0: at, you know, the like the Bulls documentary and that those teams would have oh, each yes. other. Yeah, and then right. now they give high fives and they go out for dinner after the game. And it's, it's yeah, totally different.
1: Total, the only one that's, yeah, like I know. And you know, Lindsay Whalen was the last of the Mohicans here. That I, I, we used to beat the hell out of each other. And I'm at 30-whatever, 30 38, and she's at 21. And we went and get a beer afterwards. It was great. But yeah. I don't do that. I haven't done that with anybody. She's probably the only one I've ever done that with. I mean, well, I, I was yeah, done she, anyway. I was going down anyway.
0: You played until forty.
1: Yeah, I know. I was thirty-nine. I just 39. turned thirty-nine. Okay. Yep.
0: So the ABL goes away. Yep. Was, did the ABL pretty much go away because the WNBA came?
1: Uh, two, I think it was twofold, Matt. I think um, I think the ABL probably overpaid us, so it went away because we they couldn't keep up with the amount of money they were paying us because mm-hmm. it was way higher than the WNBA, and then and then the WNBA had too much. To with the NBA
0: here, so. Okay. We were talking about when the ABL folded and the WNBA picked up, I think, what, like 1999, maybe?
1: Yeah, but that's probably about right. 1999, I played at Utah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So tell me about that league and, and how things started up.
1: Well, I mean, you know, once again, we went from the tryouts for the ABL, and then we had a retryout for the WNBA. Um, and they, they had to decide who are they going to keep on their team and who they weren't. So It was another series of tryouts, um, which was really hard at the time. I mean, at that point, you know, I'm getting in my 30s and I'm going like, really? I I had to kind of prove myself again. It always felt like in my life, I had to prove myself, but it wasn't a bad thing actually. But it was it was um, mentally a tough thing, and I um, went and tried out, and then I was drafted um, first round to Utah and uh, played the WNBA there, and then went to a number of teams after that uh, due to a lot of due, due reasons of uh, folding.
0: Did your family get to see you play in the ABL?
1: Oh yeah, you know what? I don't know if they missed it. Well, we had a team called uh, Rage Philadelphia. There was a Philadelphia team. It was Richmond Rage, but then it went to Philadelphia. So okay, so. My- you Play. Family did miss, yeah. I played a lot of games, But they also flew out. I mean, I don't know if I didn't have anybody not in the stands any game I ever played.
0: Really, uh, that's I, neat.
1: Yeah, after I came back from Australia, yeah, it was. It was a really special time for me because first of all, I got to play in front of them. I don't even think they knew I was any good. Yeah. Um, they knew I was good in college, but they, you know, um, I, they haven't seen me play for eight or nine years for the most part. And
0: you probably and got a lot better and improved a lot of different. A lot
1: sports. better overseas. I do. You know, first of all, you're kind of going from a kid to a mature adult. You mm-hmm. know how to eat. You know how to, you know how to get in shape. You, you're smarter. And I thought, they think they were very surprised at what I could do. And I thought that was fun. That,
0: that is cool. <laughs> so, is the WNBA like equal talent-wise to the ABL? Uh,
1: once we combined the best talent in the world, we combined the ABL and the WNBA. We combined the two best, or the best of the best. It was awesome. It was, it was. And,
0: and then you was, started getting the best international players too to come.
1: Well, that's right. That's a, that's a good point. Cause there's only, I mean, if you really look at it, the math, I think if you don't look at 10 or 11 teams at 12 on each team. Yeah. That's 120. I mean, and you'd say you get 30 international or 20 international. We're talking, if you're lucky to make the pros and there's only 80 spots. And some of us don't go away. Super exactly. still playing. I played against both of them. They're they're my age now, right now, when I just about retired, thirty eight and thirty nine. Like they're right there. Yeah. They, we don't go away, and you can't get spots. So to make this league, no one would have thought it would be that difficult. But it's it's not even one percent of the whole world. It's like yeah. wait, I don't it, even. I can't do the math.
0: <laughs> I think it's gotten worse because the college programs have gotten better, and there's a lot more yes. t- there's a lot more talent out there. But like you said, there's only only I think 144 spots among 12
1: 12 teams now
0: and yeah it's just they need more teams,
1: and, 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 and add the 20 20 or 25 Kids at overseas. Mm -hmm. There's only 120 Americans that are playing. Like it's like that's amazing in my in my my thought process to make that. Like sometimes I don't even know how I made that. Like that's to me is especially somebody who's not like probably as gifted as most everybody else was.
0: (laughs) Well, I I would say the ABL probably helped you get noticed.
1: Yes. Oh yes, absolutely. The ABL helped me Uh, playing in Australia, one of the top foreign countries. Like where you could go over, and I got lucky for that. Mm-hmm. So I mean everything kind of fell in my lap. I went over to play, and well, you know, you do this man for a living. I went over to play and played in like I don't. I'm gonna say Iceland or I'm gonna say like Finland or sure. and I wondered, that wasn't gonna get me tougher. That would make me feel pretty confident.
0: Yeah, you put up great stats, me. and you know, you yeah, might right. get paid pretty well because you're the best player there. But you probably yeah, I might be better. lazy.
1: I might be lazy. You know, I yeah. Mean, yeah, exactly. So I I don't know. So it was like I said, my um my my story is kind of like a fairy tale book a little bit, and then and then to be able to play. And, and play at that level and to still think that I played against Sue and Diane Taurasi. So I'm going like, who else I played in right now that's still playing? I watch them every night. Yeah. Nobody else.
0: <laughs> the, just those?
1: Those two. are th- Those are it. Lindsey, Lindsey, Lindsey. Lindsey retired.
0: retired, yeah. Yeah,
1: and I can't think yeah. of anybody that's younger. Like, I didn't play against them. Um, I didn't. Like, Lisa Leslie, of
0: course. Who do you think the best player know, was you played against?
1: You know what? I still have to, I have to still kind of throw back and say the best players i mean dawn probably at the point guard position dawn staley just mm-hmm. because of her change. even though she wasn't fast she was a change of speed but like cynthia cooper and cheryl swoops and when they were playing at houston comics they were really good i had to play them a couple of times and katie smith mm-hmm. like those if i put those four like they were all wings but see i i wasn't big enough to play i'm five two and they're five
0: you're five two and they were they were taller. They were
1: 5'10", five, 5'11". Five, well, Katie Smith's probably 5'11", and, and Swoops, and and, uh, and Cynthia Cooper. were And they were just, just, for me to have to play them, like, at the point, Dawn Stalia was my toughest, but those three, when I had to play them, they they would match me. So I was such a good defender, but I wasn't good enough to defend them. At yeah. my size.
0: And for 48 minutes or whatever it was.
1: No, yeah, yeah, right. Actually, that's the other thing. Yeah. yeah, it was 40 minutes for us. That's right, 48 okay. for men. But even still, but... To, I I, I wasn't strong enough. It was, and you know, I'd rather get posted up than be kicked around when you're going off screens with them. But I would say that they were like Dawn would definitely be in my top one or two because of her. That's why she's a USA point guard. I mean, that's she was she was just really crafty. I just I respected that. I could never figure her out, and I I I made her turn the ball over, but she was just. Good.
0: <laughs> How about uh, on the other side of the ball? When you had the ball, who was the best defender?
1: You know, it's funny. No one, no one, oh, you know what? Teresa Witherspoon was pretty good, but she never really defended me that hard. You know what? I'm going to give Shannon, do you remember Shannon Johnson? That's a name for me. Pee Wee? Yeah. Yes. Very yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Well, listen, I'll, I'll give her kudos. What She would have been the best. She would have been 10 times better defender than me if she would defend every possession. Okay. But I never knew who I was going to defend, but when we did defend. She was so quick and so strong like, ah. but so oh, oh, when she defended me and she decided she was gonna play instead of you know players just coast see that's the one thing i didn't do i'm picking you up i'm picking you up i'm picking you up but shannon when she decided to defend i'm like uh-uh yeah. i'm like getting rid of the ball so i would say she was probably my she i feared her the most like when she decided <laughs> okay but she wasn't consistent. But other than that, no one played like no one played like me. They were happy just to lull, lull up the court, and then yeah. they they were. And I wasn't such a threat. Obviously, I was in the threat scorer, but they, I did not know if they realized I was a threat to pass. If four to one assists a tournament, Joe, you probably want to play me. I want to yeah. find somebody. Like, exactly. Why would you want to play me? I was always wondering that. Like, I'm still making points, even though I'm not, quote, yeah. unquote, Yeah, if scoring. you're
0: five points a game, you're still <laughs> creating for other people.
1: Yeah, and, 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 and you have six assists. Like, well, that's 12, so do the math. Like, why mm-hmm. would you get in my grill? I'm only five foot still. I never understood that. I never understood that. I was always like, she, she's not stupid. She's four to one assist to turnover ratio. So there might yeah, you- be a reason why I should play her. You think oh, coaches
0: sure. would have set something up for that?
1: Yeah, I, I would think that. That—that's funny. That's funny because I always wonder. I think I was sort of thinking, "Thank God," because I have to I have to produce on the other end of the floor.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we've talked about Jim Foster quite a bit. Was he your most influential coach over your career? Or did you have somebody in the professional ranks that was... Oh,
1: you great? know, he was my most, obviously, my young career. I'd say, in my, obviously, my college career. But, um, you know, it's really hard to go past um, Ron Rothstein from Miami, who I played for. He was, he's was he been a Miami assistant coach forever. Yeah,
0: on the um, men's side. Yeah.
1: The men's side. And then coached us for the first time, women. He taught me as much as anyone I've ever... He, well, I, I was defensive player. The year in the WNBA under him because he taught me how to how to um, I had the skills I just didn't know what I was doing in in a weird kind of way but he just taught me so many things I'm telling you his schemes his defensive philosophies um, and you
0: were you were in your mid thirties at that point
1: yeah I was thirty five when I actually got Defensive Player of the Year and I had just come off back surgery because yeah he kind of got like a broken broken child because Utah yeah anyway he just he 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 really I mean I completely reformed myself on my body like i worked myself to death to get where i needed to be to be as good as i could be and they helped me in miami miami was but ron coach rosting taught me just like like how to how to channel my energy and how to make me a better defensive player and how to make me play defense with a purpose Even though offensively, he also taught me how to deliver the ball, where I needed to deliver it. So he taught me on both ends of the court. So he, by far, Jim, Coach Foster, him, and then Coach Tebow, my last coach. Okay.
0: And Coach Tebow is still doing well.
1: Yeah, he just won national championship last year. But Mm -hmm. he he taught me how how on the offensive end. He actually told me a number of times, if you don't shoot the ball, I'm I'm taking you out. He (laughs) 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 he literally said, if you don't don't shoot the ball, I'm taking you out. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Now, all I ever want to do is play. And no one's ever told me that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said, if you don't shoot the, he said, and, and, excuse my language, if you don't shoot the goddamn ball, you're coming out of the game. I was like, okay, I'm open. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, you have a great shot. You've been working on it. And, he, and, and that was like something no one's really ever told me. Like the, everyone like loved my energy and my effort and my enthusiasm, whatever. But he said, if you don't shoot the ball, I was like, with everything else I do, you're going to tell me I have to shoot the ball? He's like, yes. Cause you're open, and they're well, playing off you. I was like, oh, was it more really of, Was it a
0: confidence thing? Once you got the confidence, no, yeah, you know, for it? me,
1: for me, it was. Um, you know, I mean, I, I averaged 18 points in high school. I just know a lot of last, by the way, but I don't know what it was. I think at some point, I always thought me as last. But you know, then I then then when the when the ball came and my dad, my everybody always say, "You're open, shoot, shoot." And I always think there's somebody maybe better open or not. Yeah, and mm-hmm. when I miss I think it was when I miss I thought i missed 10 times instead of once does that make sense yeah. where a shooter thinks when they miss one i'm gonna make the next one i'm thinking like shoot i let you guys down yeah. that that was my mentality and i my mentality was and it, it kind of stuck with me and i mean and you know because I I, I I hear it i mean if i heard that once i've heard it 25 times you're passing down too many shots and i was like hey, dude. but and we're winning games i'm going we're winning i know what i'm doing but in mm-hmm. the same vein, I think it was more my psyche. And it was my confident level of, like, I, I wanted to make every shot. isn't that weird? Because on defense, if somebody scored on me, I'm going, watch this. I'm going to stop her the next time. So it, that didn't bother me. As it much didn't so.
0: translate to offense then. It didn't, didn't translate to me yeah. going,
1: when I missed, I thought I missed. I felt like I felt like everyone was looking like I missed. Like it was yeah. 10. Like I, I can't do that again. Yeah, right. And it gets stiffer. So I don't know. It was just... And it's a really hard thing to overcome. You know, my players ask me a lot too. I'm always like, come on, take the next one. You're a shooter. I always tell these guys that. I'm mm-hmm. like, God, if they would have seen me. I was like, after I missed one, you think I was a stiff board. I was like, a, you know. Yeah.
0: Looking for layups and free throws.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, yeah. get somebody else. To shoot. You're you're better open than me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you've been coaching, what, 11, 12 years since you retired?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Uh, More than that, I, maybe? Actually, 15 now. 15
0: years, yeah. So what? Yep. Yeah. What do you miss most from your playing days?
1: Playing, um,
0: <laughs> just is it the you know, competition in the?
1: Yeah, I, I, you know what I miss. I, I do. I miss the, um, it, you know, um, it's twofold, I guess. It's the competition and the way I feel. I, I felt like, and you think the way I felt when they call your name out when you're going out to the court. I don't yeah. know why that. I'm not because I'm not. I, I don't consider myself egotistical, but I think that it was just such a fun and the way the fans looked at you and the way you felt like the way you felt I really miss that like and I really miss the everyday and you know getting in shape like the staying in shape staying mm-hmm. in shape I should say that staying in shape feeling like that you know the
0: grind the grind I
1: love mean, the grind, I loved the grind. And practice didn't bother me the grind was fun but it was um that's what I miss I mean I just miss that and that's you know it's hard, hard
0: to recreate as a, yeah, especially as a oh, coach and you,
1: oh, and I it, you know what I, I, you know it's taken it took me a long time I'm not gonna lie the first three or four years I, I told you this before Matt but it was like it was really hard and i and i was the greatest job in the country you know you're making six figures and yeah, i'm like it wasn't. Program. It, didn't make, it didn't make me happy it didn't make, it didn't make me it felt all right i felt okay mm-hmm. i just didn't feel like you know it wasn't like i re, i went to practice and i was playing i was i went there and i'm doing what i'm whatever i'm doing and the same thing but i learned you know what with, with through the years now i, I think i've gotten better at like like well first of all i'm older but yep. and I, I don't really want to go through the grind anymore but even though like the last four weeks we've been, we we're we're able to practice with the kids, but they can't practice against each other. So I had fun being on the court with them. You know, yeah. I'm not as fast, but I, I felt good. But it, that, that was fun. That, that gave me an, 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 like a lease on life a little bit, a little bit. But I have fun just teaching these guys now. Now it's like, I really enjoy like helping them beyond like me. Like leave that over there. I, I don't. It's not about me anymore. It's about it's about me in the sense of what makes me feel good. But it, it would makes them. Can I help a kid? Like Sammy Peralis, for instance. I'm going to her wedding October
0: 23rd. Yeah, I saw that. I
1: know, and she's I can't believe there. it. Like it's like what well, that that's cool. And when some of these kids just call you back and you know what I mean, and they want you to come to their wedding, I'm like really. So that was cool. And she's getting inducted to the Hall of Fame in Ohio State. I think I just learned that um, the next level, like, oh, I can't play anymore. So just get over mm-hmm. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's, and, fun, and, it's fun for you to see the kids figure it out and improve. Yeah, and, and be oh, it, is, it is. Is it hard Is it hard to coach young women who aren't as competitive or fiery as you were? Or have you gotten over that? Not everybody's I, You know what? Pest. You know
1: what? I think I'm all right. But you know what? You know why I think I'm better at it now? I realized that even when I played, there weren't many players that were as fiery and as competitive as I was anyway. I was always the most competitive environment. So I learned, and I I had, it took me a while to remember that. And I said to myself, okay, okay, what what makes you tick? So I'm going to give you an example. This is just recently, so um, (laughs) this is, you're going to laugh, but so i got a tattoo three days ago i know i have a tattoo on my whole body but i have <laughs> one on my wrist now. and and there's like three other girls and for some reason we were sitting outside before we getting tested for the covid thing yeah and i was saying i was saying oh and these three girls I, I get along with on the team but like they don't relate to me at all i said hey and I, they were like oh, how's your dog maddie doing i said well she died um i had to put her down in april but they didn't they didn't, they didn't know because i don't talk much about myself and then yeah i said and I really, you know, I've been really wanting to get a little, little, just a little tattoo for her. And they're like, go we'll we'll help you, and we'll set up." So they set it all up. Okay, and they, one the kid is our best player, Ebony. She's our best player. She's like, and she she set it up, and I did it. I did it. I thought I was gonna die, and then all these needles. I'm not very good with needles, I did it. <laughs> but this is like so outside of my box, Anna. Yeah. So she waited. That kid waited outside until I was done. It took, it took almost two hours to get that tattoo. What's and the tattoo I, of?
0: Is it a, of it a just, dog? It just
1: says um, you. Yeah, no, it just says you love Paul Prince in my heart. It's just a, it's a real small with little angel wings.
0: Okay. She, you know, I'm yeah.
1: 54 years old. I don't want to look like an idiot. <laughs> but she, she, but they were so cute. And I know I, I was, but I wanted to get something for Maddie. I didn't put her name on her or anything, and uh yeah. But this kid sat outside and waited for me it was like you know we just want to get to know you Coach Black I was yeah. like I was like, well, she, I, I was like wow we kind of reconnected and the other four there's three others that came they were just they were just it was just really nice and they never saw that part of me and I, I really wasn't sure if I wanted to get one but I got one it's the only yeah. tattoo I have I'm just well, God it hurt like hell did it
0: hurt <laughs>
1: I, 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 no one could come in it hurt oh my god it hurt me looking at the needles I'm like oh. and I was sweating my fingertips to my nose I I, I, I i'd rather like stick myself in the head with a knife I was like yeah. <laughs> And he's like, you're doing all right? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's great. He's like, it's not great. The guy was <laughs> <laughs> It's
0: great. <laughs> two hours And then he put like angel wings on. They're like
1: white angel wings. And with uh, the angel wings, go, this is going to hurt a little bit more. I'm thinking, oh, please don't tell me that. Because I was like, is there anything you can give me? <laughs>
0: uh, a local anesthetic or something?
1: He said no. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> uh, They're not doctors.
1: So Anyway. No, no, I know. He said too sad. And he said he said, I, I wasn't. It. But I thought, make a shot of Novocaine or something. I was like, anything. Because it was like, this thing goes up and down and it goes in it
0: so Uh, do they spell (laughs) everything right at least
1: well oh you know i said that i said you ever see that commercial no regrets. I said, let's not get it wrong.
0: <laughs> no regrets.
1: <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. But anyway, oh, anyway, go ahead. You continue. I'm sorry. I just had. to no, tell that's you that. all right.
0: That's good. I mean, that's. That
1: that, but that's like a real. That's like a real life story, and that's very much not like me.
0: Well, it's a team team building exercise, and a lot of teams. You know I know they, yeah. they go on these I outings think, and these trust trust. Uh, yep building exercises and that's yeah well you have to kind of, to of
1: put it. yourself vulnerable i think man i think i've never been good at it i don't think i think i was the, a really good leader but i wasn't good at like like no one got to know me they all thought they knew me but no one knew me because i was mm-hmm. so hi hi and nothing else
0: oh. all, all about like, basketball yeah, this
1: was this was tough yeah this is uh and then and they're, they're kind of there's some bond i have with a couple of the kids that came and i was like oh that's cute
0: so there you have it you got to know debbie black and you didn't even have to take her to get a tattoo. We talked a lot about her upbringing and family because I wanted to find out what made her tick. She certainly is competitive. In her basketball career from high school to age 39 when she retired from professional ball, that's nearly 25 years, she never played on a team with a losing record. That says a lot about Debbie Black. She led by example, was a great teammate, and willed her team to be better on both sides of the ball. No regrets. Thanks for listening.